This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Patricia Greenberg, the fitness gourmet. I'm so glad that you finally made it here. You thought nobody cared, but I did. I could tell. And this is your year, and it always starts here. Patricia Greenberg. This is Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well, our show here at KABC 790 AM, all about aging well, living well, living your best life, everything we need to know to be here as long as we possibly can for as healthy as we possibly can be. You know, health care costs for all of us are through the roof and rising. Uh, this has been a growing issue in the United States for many years with no end in sight. When speaking with people 50 and older, I often find that the subject comes up is how am I going to pay for my medical care as I age? I see it everywhere. I'm concerned about it myself. And uh, what is even the state of health care today? Here to discuss this very topic is what we call the Wonder Woman of Medicare, Elka Susana. She's the owner of Simpler Horizons Insurance Solutions, and they've been in business since 2012. She is a community leader and advocate for aging well and a member of her local chamber of commerce, and she holds a leadership position with the Los Angeles-based Foundation for Senior Services. Whether you're just learning about Medicare or entertaining a change in coverage, Elka and her team at Simpler Horizons will help you navigate your way. Um, We'll get contact information for her as we go, but welcome, Elka. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for having me today. You know, Elka, we're just going to cut to the chase and start at the top. Um, This sounds like a very simple question, but for many people don't know and people reaching that age group where uh, they're about to apply, what is Medicare? It's actually an amazing question because it's probably the first question I get asked from our members um, on a daily basis. So Medicare started out in 1965, and it was meant to provide health insurance to U.S. citizens over the age of 65. Um, It was meant to provide them that service regardless of income and regardless of medical history. So it is a federal program run by the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services. And can you discuss the difference between Medicare and Medicaid? Absolutely. So here in California, Medicaid is actually referred to as Medi-Cal. So that's something that people would normally call it. Um, But Medicare, generally, Medicare is a federal program. Medi-Cal is the state program. So Medicare provides health coverage to those individuals who are 65 and older or those with other severe disabilities, again, regardless of income. Whereas Medi-Cal is California's state-run and funded Medicaid program. That program provides health coverage to those families with very low income, as well as pregnant women, the blind, and among others. Now, I, I understand then the, just flat out the eligibility is, is the age of 65. That's for generalized Medicare. Um, but is there a, a limit As to when you can apply, or is there a cutoff even if you are the age? Uh, Is there any consequence for not going on your 65th birthday (laughs) and applying for Medicare? Because I I know, don't laugh. I actually, when my husband turned 65, I said, here's your present. I picked up the telephone and I I made him call Medicare and get set up. That was his birthday present. I will actually share with you a funny story where I travel a lot for work and I met somebody at the airport. We were both waiting for our flight. He was a very um, put together gentleman and and we started a conversation and he's an attorney, very well educated. And I mentioned to him that I help people with Medicare. And so he said, 
very funny anecdote. He, he said, you know, when I, you go to college, there's three things they don't teach you in college. They don't teach you how to be a spouse, which is true. They don't teach you how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And they don't teach you about Medicare. Yeah, that's funny. That fell and into that category. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually is true. So it's a very confusing process um, to be eligible for Medicare. You're right. Generally, it is at the age of 65. However, it does also cover people who have ALS and stage renal disease or if they've been receiving Social Security disability income for at least 24 months. So that we do have a lot of clients of ours who are on Medicare and are younger than 65. But generally speaking, you do have to be a U.S. citizen for at least five years. You have to have worked in the U.S. for at least 10 years. Or what some people don't realize is you could have had a spouse that worked in the U.S. for at least 10 years. To also, you could qualify under their work coverage. And at age 65 is when you would, or before age 65 is when you would start looking to enroll in Medicare Parts A and Parts B. Now, the time frame that you were talking about Mm -hmm. would be three months before you turn 65. Ideally, that would be the right time to start applying. However, you still have the month of your birthday as well as three months after you turn 65. That period of time is called your initial enrollment period. And what happens if you don't enroll in that time frame? If you don't enroll in that time frame, you can actually be penalized. There are late enrollment penalties, and it's not as simple as just getting your enrollment to start the very next month. So let's say you're born in January and your initial election period ended in April. If you waited until May to apply, you won't be able to apply for Medicare. You actually need to wait until January the following year for Medicare's enrollment period. So if you delay your enrollment, you might not get coverage of applying between January to March of every year and your coverage would start July 1st. So depending on your birthday, it could really delay your coverage tremendously, which is why it's important to really understand what is my eligibility and when should I get started. And is so when you say penalizes, it's financial that you would are there aspects of Medicare that wouldn't be covered due to that? Or is it um, the payments that you would make? What what would the penalty? Well, of course, not having coverage is a horrible penalty. But what about the actual the coverage itself, once you're in the system, it's okay, then then you're caught up? No, that penalty stays with you forever. Wow. So as long as you're on Medicare, you are paying, paying that penalty um, for as long as you've got it every month. The only way that people can avoid the penalty is if they qualify for low income. And those are ways that I guide our members through understanding their specific situation and what we can do to help. So what is is the payment based on income or that's that has nothing to do with it? It's just based on because uh, I know there's a payment that you have to make to Medicare. Is that correct? That's correct. So for most people, um, there's two parts of original Medicare, Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B. Part A is generally at no cost. Um, that's if you've worked in the U.S., you're a U.S. citizen, you don't have a cost for Part A, and Part A covers you for hospitalization. Part B is your medical. That's going to be your day-to-day uh, mm-hmm. office visits, blood work, x-rays, things that you really are going to be going to the doctor for more often. That does have a premium, and it starts at an average of $148.50 per month. However, it is based on income, 
So the higher income you have, the more your Part B will actually be. So it could be as high as almost $400 a month. And does that get adjusted with retirement? So the funny thing is Medicare, and it's a little bit frustrating the way that they do this. Let's assume that you are retiring at age 65 and you're quitting your full-time job. Medicare, in order to determine your Part B premium, looks at your income from two years prior when you were working full-time. So they're going to actually adjust your Part B based on your income from two years ago. The thing that people don't understand, and Medicare doesn't always do a good job of educating individuals on this, is you can appeal that adjustment. The adjustment is actually called IRMA, or Income-Related Monthly Adjustment Amount, I-R-M-A-A. So, you know, it's a little bit unfair when somebody retires to look at their income from two years ago when they were working full-time. However, that is something that you can appeal send the form into Social Security. I've had many clients do that, get approved, and then they just get um, credited back any of that additional adjustment that they paid. So let me clarify that. So it's based on income, but if you're retiring, the new uh, premium would be based on what you're receiving from Social Security. It's based on whatever your tax whatever return Whatever your tax return, yeah, so that's what you're showing. Correct. Um, will they go to yes. your bank accounts and see how much money you're worth to try to make sure you're not trying to rook the system? <laughs> um, no, they don't go through your bank account. Okay. That's your personal information. But they do. They will look at your tax return. So that's really what they're looking at in order to verify. And that's part of the reason why they looked two years ago is because they don't necessarily know your income from just recently if you haven't reported that. You know, Elka, you're making this a lot less confusing I, because, you know, we hear all these things and people speculate. And I think the best thing to do is call someone like you and, you know, get on top of it and, and find out what it is. So there's Part A and Part B. Can you describe what those are? I know that's long, it's probably a long answer, but a brief, just a brief description of what A and B Absolutely. do for you. Mm -hmm. This is how I like to simplify it. Part A, both those parts are called Original Medicare, Part A and Part B. So if you ever hear somebody who says, I'm on Original Medicare, it's just those two parts. Part A, if you think of it, is hospitalization, but it's anything where you're inpatient, where you're staying overnight. So that could be a skilled nursing. It could be hospice care. And of course, it's hospitalization. So anything you're staying overnight, that would be fall under Part A. Part B is anything outpatient. That would be your doctors. Um, like I mentioned before, if you're getting any blood work done, physical therapy, those are the things that you're doing. Anything where you're in and out the same day, that would fall under Part B. Interesting. I'm Patricia Greenberg. You're listening to Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well on KABC 790 AM, where we talk about all things aging well. My guest today is Elka Susana with Simpler Horizons, and we're talking about the complicated, curving, winding path of Medicare. So, Elka, would you be okay to just have Medicare? Because I know we have this whole secondary discussion about secondary insurance, which we're going to get into. So is it okay just to have Medicare? Would that be sufficient to take care of you as you age? Absolutely not. It is unfortunately not enough. There are so many gaps of Medicare. The biggest gap is the fact that they actually don't cover medications. So you do need to get a drug coverage in addition to having original Medicare. And they also have co-pays, they have deductibles, 
And the main gap that you hear most often is the 80-20 gap, where Medicare pays 80% of your costs and you're responsible for 20%. Now, that doesn't sound so bad. If you go to the doctor, they charge $100, Medicare will pay 80 and you'll only be responsible for $20 copay. However, if you need to have surgery and that's a $100,000 procedure, there is no limit to that 20%. So you might get stuck with a bill of $20,000 or more. So you really can't go without any type of secondary insurance to fill those gaps of Medicare. So when we talk about the secondary insurance, uh, are those providers taking into consideration that the person's income, A, may have been cut in half or worse yet, there is no income coming in and they're relying on just that Social Security check? So when you say providers, I'm assuming, are you referring to physicians? Or no, I meant the, the secondary insurance, insurance the, 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 the mm-hmm. providers who are giving you that backup so you don't have to come up with $25,000 on a $100,000 bill. Right. So absolutely. They are definitely taking into consideration the fact that you they don't want you to get stuck with that. So they are there are several different ways to fill in those gaps of Medicare. Uh, mainly, there's Part C, which is what you would call an HMO system, or sometimes it's referred to as a Medicare Advantage plan. And generally speaking, with the Part C in L.A. County and Southern California in general, there is no additional premium for that, and it limits your costs tremendously. So they take over all the payments to Medicare, and you're only responsible for minimal copays. That's the Part C Medicare Advantage. The other option would be a Medicare supplement plan, which does exactly that. It supplements your Medicare. Both plans are, as you mentioned, offered by private insurance companies that are contracted with the government. With the Medicare supplement, your Medicare is primary. So your Medicare would pay 80% and your Medicare supplement plan would cover those gaps of Medicare. And it would allow you the freedom to see almost any doctor you'd like as long as they accept Medicare. And it, however, it does charge a premium. Whereas with the Medicare Advantage, HMO, those have low to no premiums associated. But the reality is if you're on Medicare and a secondary, you're paying two premiums. Correct. Okay. You are paying, you have to have Medicare Part B. You have to have Medicare Part A and B in order to get into a secondary plan. You can't have it without having both parts. So basically you need to stay really healthy <laughs> if you're just gonna be just gonna be covered by Medicare. Uh, that that's very interesting. Does Medicare provide as a service uh, prevent ways to prevent disease? Do they have good resources for people to go to, uh, or is that just Medicare? Is just Medicare? They do what they do, and and uh, it's not somewhere to go for that information. They offer you no cost coverage for any preventative visit. So even if you're just on original Medicare, you don't have to pay if you're just going in for anything preventative. There is no cost for that. So, for example, an annual exam, let's say, or... um, Exactly. Exactly. An annual exam. However, you won't be covered for something like an annual eye exam because Medicare doesn't cover that, or an annual hearing exam because Medicare doesn't cover that. So there are definitely other 
items where you might want to go in and get checked and you might consider it preventative, but in Medicare's eyes, that's not something that they consider preventative. However, your standard doctor visits, colonoscopies, mammograms, those are considered preventative visits. How about cardiology scans and MRIs and things like that, that there may not be a diagnosis, but you need to go get that checked out and the recommendation came from a primary that to send you to a specialist. What happens there? Under original Medicare, you would be responsible for 20% of the cost. Absolutely. Um, again, even especially in today's day and age with the pandemic and the world that we're living in, it's very scary to go without any type of secondary coverage. And what we do is we really work on the individual situation. Everybody is different. You know, your neighbor is different than what you're going through and you and your husband or Um, Your cousin might be different and people who live in different states have different situations. So it's very important to speak to somebody that can actually guide you through your specific scenario to figure out what is really best suited for you. And your situation. Now, here's a here's an interesting circumstance. If you're uh, an individual 65 or older, you're eligible for Medicare. This just popped into my head that I was thinking. And if you have dependent mm-hmm. children, because you know people have had people have children older nowadays. So you are 65, but your child is under age. Is there any benefit there? So that is such a great question. And I actually spoke to somebody just today in that specific situation. He's turning 65. However, he is a wife that's younger and he is a 16-year-old daughter. And so what we have to do at that point is he is going to be taking Medicare because that is most beneficial for him. But his wife and his daughter are going to have to get on an individual plan or see if they qualify for covered California. Got it. So that is the situation. Now, I will say this because it's a really good point that you brought up. Many times we have a spouse who's turning 65 and like you said, either a younger dependent or another spouse on their plan. But the person who's getting on to Medicare, they're actually on an employer group plan and they're getting great rates for their husband, wife and, and or dependents. Now, if they choose to take Medicare, that means that their spouse and their dependents are going to be knocked out of the group. That was my fear. That's exactly what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in those situations, we always recommend stay on your group plan because if you're an employee and your employer is paying part of your premium, it's generally going to be so much less expensive than if you were to go out onto the market and buy it yourself, especially for your wife and kids. So stay on your group plan. If anybody tells you otherwise, they're really not looking out for your best interest. Excellent suggestion, Elka. Thank you. The, the thing that comes up is the whole prescription drugs and the cost of these as we age is astounding. You know, thank goodness I don't have to be on anything, but my husband's taking a heart medication. And before the deductible kicked in, it was $425 a month for a basic blood thinner. Yeah. Uh, and we have right. to wait for whatever period of time. So where, where does, how do we manage this prescription drug issue as we age? The prescription drug part is probably the most confusing part of Medicare. And what's so confusing especially is that your medications can change any time of year. You know, your health, it doesn't wait until open enrollment where you can review your needs every year. Your health might change in March or in May. It might improve and not necessarily get worse. Um, and But definitely, you have to have 
a drug plan. Whether you take medications or not, what Medicare does is they obligate you to have a drug plan. If you don't get one when you first become eligible for Medicare and later on you decide, oh, I, you know, I just got prescription for this blood thinner, I, need, I should really get a drug plan. At that point, Medicare will penalize you for every single month that you went without a drug plan and you're eligible. And like I mentioned before, that penalty doesn't go away. So it's really important to get a drug plan. They start at really like less than $10 a month, some of them. And a lot of times they're embedded into the Medicare Advantage plan if you go with a Part C. So you're not even paying extra for it. But it's really important to at least have that. And then within, once you're on a Medicare Part D plan, there are different tiers of medications. Um, they're called part of the formulary. There could be Tier 1, Tier 2, up to Tier 5, and sometimes even Tier 6. Each category of drugs is placed by the insurance provider into different tiers, which will indicate then what your copays will be. The lower the tier generally, the lower the copay. Okay. So you have to review that every year because those formularies change year over year. Companies get bought out. They merge. They decide to cover this medication because a generic just came out and they might not cover the brand name anymore. So those are the kinds of things that I spend hundreds of hours a year learning how those plans are going to change from 2020 to 2021 and so on so that I can do a review for every single one of my clients and let them know which plan will give them the best coverage so they can avoid that either deductible or especially the coverage gap or donut hole. That explains the horrible sticker shock when you go to pick up your prescription in December and it's 20 bucks and then you go in January and it's 450 uh, yes, those are the so, most yep. common calls that we get. Those are the most common calls we get is that, wait, I was only paying 20 What happened? Most Part D plans have a annual deductible. On average, it's $435. And once you meet that deductible, after that, you have lower copays. And you can't game the system because they won't give you three, four months worth ahead of time. You have to go, in a lot of cases, certain medications are month by month. And uh, yeah, this is just that's right, Elka. This is so that's right. certain medications. Yeah, they have prior authorizations, quantity limits. There's so much. It's so intricate. There's so much to know. We could do a whole series on just Part D. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're getting close to time here, but I just wanted to ask you: Is there a relationship between Social Security and Medicare? I know a lot of people seem to think that your Social Security check covers your Medicare benefit. I I, I know that's not the case, but a lot of people going in make that assumption. Yep, absolutely. There's so many different confusing parts of Medicare, and that is one of the main ones, is that they assume, well, I have to retire, I have to take my Social Security benefits when I take Medicare. No, that's not the case. You can apply for Medicare at age 65. You could still be working. You can delay your Social Security and be fine. And then later on, it, let's say you decide to retire at, or to take your Social Security at full retirement age, whatever that might be for you, you can decide to do that at that time. But you may have had Medicare for the last year and a half. Right. Okay. And there's no uh, there's no benefit 
uh, obviously for taking Medicare later, uh, but there can be a benefit for taking the Social Security earlier. So uh, let's let's keep those two separate and um, be very clear about that. I would say, yes, mm-hmm. I would say there's no benefit to taking Medicare later unless you're on an employer group plan. You absolutely want to take Medicare when you first become eligible to avoid those nasty penalties. You know, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention, if somebody somebody comes to you in general and there is um, income limitations, so are, there are plans in place for that. So uh, it won't be too expensive for a person when they come in. There's there's I think I, I guess what, what I'm saying is I hope there's something for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. We have clients that are on below the poverty level up to, you know, very high income. There are programs established for people that are low income to help them pay their cost of medication. There are federal programs called low income subsidy or extra help. We help them apply for that and see if they qualify, as well as seeing if they qualify for Medi-Cal. So that's another misconception is thinking, well, if I have Medi-Cal, I don't need Medicare. No, you you could have both. Um, Good to know. There's so many different programs. Yep. Elka, thank you so, so much for joining us. Elka Susana, owner of Simpler Horizons. You can contact her at simplerhorizons.com for all your Medicare and needs. Uh, Elka, one quick question before we go. I always like to ask my guests, what do you like about getting older? That's such a great question. Um, I like learning more and having a different outlook on things that I look back at myself from 10, 20, 30 years ago, and I I realized, wow, look at how much I've grown and how much I can appreciate um, the little things, especially in today's day. Uh, family and, and friends are so important, and I'm gaining more and more respect for that as I get older. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Elka. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you so much. And join us next week on Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well. This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Patricia Greenberg, the fitness gourmet.